Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. I want to preach. Amen. Dealing with the sinful nature. Amen. In the New International Version, we read a moment ago that it is in my sinful nature. Amen. That is the battle that I have within me. It's in 2 Peter chapter 1, 1 through 4, that says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Amen. So not only is there a sinful nature, amen, that we are automatically born with, amen, but there is another nature that we want to strive for and we want to achieve, and that is, amen, a divine nature. Amen. And that is something that God has in store for this church. Amen. That we would not live, amen, ruled by our sinful nature, but that we would live, amen, reaching and striving to, amen, to have that divine nature, that nature of God inside of us. Amen. Church should be a place where we can receive directions on how to deal with problems in life. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart that we should be able to come to church and hear Amen. Of how we can uh, deal with certain issues that arise in life. Amen. Whether it be automatic through our nature or things that arise through the course of time. But not just how to deal with problems in your life, but also how to be victorious and furthermore, how to be more than a conqueror. Oftentimes it is those who care about us the most who usually correct us. Amen. And tell us where to make corrections in our lives. For me, it was those who loved me the most in this life, my mom and dad. Amen. And perhaps for many of you, it's your mom and dad. They're they're correcting you and you're thinking, why do they have to keep correcting me? Why do they have to stay on my back? Amen. It's because they love you and they're reaching for you and they want to see you do well in life. Amen. Uh, We could talk about tonight for a moment the parent who confuses their role as being a guardian and overseer with their kids. And they instead prioritize being a friend to their kids, not realizing that their first goal is being a guardian, is being a a watchman, if you will, an overseer uh, for their children. And secondly, if you if you can be a friend to your kids, that's great. Amen. But uh, where parents can get into trouble. Amen. What I've seen, at least in in my limited years of life, is the parents will try to be their their kids best friend. And they're trying to please them and impress them and instead not realizing that they have to be a parent. They have to be a guardian. They have to be an overseer. And there is responsibility for correction. There's responsibility to shed light on on their actions in life. And and my role tonight is to give is to continue to give direction to the people of God and to provide caution to uh, where to avoid pitfalls in life. Amen. It is still the, the obligation of the preacher to call sin sin to call sin for what it is amen how to identify sin in your life and how that sin if you're not careful amen you allow it to get a hold of your life and to rule your life how sin can destroy you and sin can cause you to go down a road of heartache and a road of despair amen and i'm thankful amen that there was a preacher in my life years ago that began to preach against sin in my life and i begin to recognize that the actions that I was doing, amen, the things that I was partaking of was not pleasing to God. In fact, they were sin, and I needed to correct my ways. And because the preacher in my life preached about sin, amen, I knew, amen, I'm going to avoid doing that, and I'm going to avoid 
listening to that. I'm going to avoid going that direction because I want to please God. I want to remind somebody tonight that it's still sin that will cause you to miss heaven and to split hell wide open. It's still a sinful, wicked nature that would cause you to lose out on the promises of God. Amen. But to the life, amen, that says I'm going to let the Holy Ghost work in my life. I'm going to walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Amen. You can be victorious in life. Amen. You can miss hell and you can make it to heaven. Hallelujah. I believe that the people of God full of the Holy Ghost are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 That is why my title tonight is Dealing with the Sinful Nature. You ask, amen, let's just start with the basics. What is sin? Amen. What is this three-letter word that we're preaching about tonight? What is sin? Sin, simply put, is the transgression of the law of God. It is self-will. I'm going to do what I want to do and not what God wants me to do. That is uh, characterized in the, uh, in the fall of Lucifer from heaven. Amen. He wanted to do self. Amen. It was self-will that caused him, amen, to as lightning fall from heaven like the Bible records. It was self-will that caused Lucifer, the son of the morning, amen, to be cast out of heaven, to be expelled from that celestial city. And it's still sin, it's still self-will that will cause, amen, that, uh, that separation between you and your walk with God. And I've got to, as amen, the preacher of the gospel, preach against sin, amen. I am not aware tonight if there's anybody in dire straits or in, uh, just sunk deep in sin, amen. But if nothing else tonight, you can go home and know, amen, I've got to guard my life. I've got to guard my soul, Amen. I've got to make sure that I'm repentant of everything in my life. And my life is clean before God. Sin is that transgression of the law of God. It is self-will. And sin is an age-old problem, as I alluded a moment ago with Lucifer. Amen. The son of the morning being kicked out of heaven. Sin is that age-old problem. And none are exempt from that sinful, wicked nature. Amen. Sin is... Amen. It's not predicated on your nationality. It's not predicated on your, your heritage. It's not predicated on how much money you've got. It's not predicated on anything else other than the fact that you've got some blood running through your veins and you've got a heart that's pumping. Amen. You are, amen. You are born, we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity, as the Bible says. Romans 3 and 23 all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. John chapter 1 and verse number 10 says, If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us at all. Amen. Everybody in this room tonight at one time or another has sinned and has, amen, come short of the glory of God, has gone against the law of God, has trespassed the law of God, and we need him more than ever before. Amen. Lest you ever forget it. Amen. You're still a sinner saved by grace. And we still need a Savior to reach down His hand and pull us out of our sinful nature that we fall back into time and time again. God, I want you to save my soul. I want you to save my, my life, save my family. Hallelujah. There is no deception worse than self-deception. 
There's no deception that's worse than self-deception. Have you ever tried to reason with somebody, amen, about a certain point, and and everybody else sees the the fall, the, the, the error in their lives, but them, and everybody's trying to tell them, can't you see that God don't love you? He's just using you. And, and that girl, you know, sometimes it's a girl, sometimes it's a boy. They say, no, but he loves me. And everybody else say, no, he's using you. And, and you get frustrated. That person's so deceived. Why won't they wake up and realize every time they go out, the other person's asking to open up their wallet and spend some money on them. They're deceived. And there's no deception worse than self-deception. Amen. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Amen. No man is exempt from the ability to be deceived. None of us are exempt from the ability to be deceived. A lot of us think that, oh, I'm a pretty good judge of character, but someone can come along in your life and can deceive you. And you can be deceived. It's it's very easy to, to have happen. Um, But talking about the sinful nature, sin is a part of us because we have a sinful nature or it's the law of sin working in our lives. Amen. Psalms 51 and 5 says, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Amen. I was born a sinner. Amen. The only only, uh, way you can describe the, the phrase born that way was born a sinner. Not born any other way of life, but simply born a sinner. If you're going to say I was born that way, then the only thing you can honestly be referring to is I was born in sin and shape and iniquity. And from the moment I was conceived, there was a need in my life for Him. I needed Him more than ever before. I need God. And still today, we need Him. Still today, on a Wednesday night in 2018, I need Him. I cannot make it without Him. I cannot live this life by myself. I cannot make it on my own. Hallelujah. It is The sinful nature is more than just a capacity to sin. The sinful nature is more than just the ability to sin. But on the other, on the on, on the contrary, it is a compulsion to sin. The sinful nature is compulsive. It's not optional. Amen. It's compulsive. Amen. That sinful nature, you will drive you to sin. Amen. It will push you. It will persuade you to sin. Amen. There's no. Uh, you don't need a team of people to encourage you to sin. You'll sin all by yourself, all alone in a five by five darkened cell in jail. You'll find a way to sin. Amen. We were born in sin, shaped in iniquity, and, and the sinful nature is not just the capacity to sin, but it is the compulsion to sin. And it is that compulsion that is that urge within ourselves by the sinful nature to sin. We have, amen, the capacity to do a lot of things, but not the compulsion. Amen. But the sinful nature is that compulsion to sin. And that sinful nature must be checked at an altar of repentance on a daily basis. That sinful nature, it must be checked on our knees before God every day. Reaching out, God, help me to overcome this sinful nature today. God, help me to live uprightly before you, God. Help me to do that which is right in the sight of God. Hallelujah. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about tonight? Amen. We are driven to sin by the sinful nature. 
We can understand from this that there is a war between the flesh and the spirit. The compulsion to sin is natural, while the desire to be spiritual must be acquired. Amen. It's natural. Amen. When I was a a young boy, amen, growing up, amen, no one taught me how to sin. My parents tried to keep me from sinning. How many many know what I'm talking about? No one taught me how to steal. I learned that all by myself. No one taught me how to lie. I learned that one by myself. No one taught me how to flip the finger. I did that one by myself. Amen. I'm telling you. Amen. There's things. Amen. It's that sinful nature. It's that compulsion to sin. Amen. That We've got to preach about it on a Wednesday night. Amen. That some of those things come natural. I remember as a young boy. Amen. We would... Uh, at, the, at one time in life, amen, we lived here down the road. I lived with my parents here on Fifth Street, and my dad worked in San Jose. He had a hair salon out there in San Jose. And I remember many times, amen, he, before, he would, before he was aware of it, I, I wanted to go to work with my dad. I wanted to get out of Lathrop and go have some fun in San Jose. So me and my brothers from time to time, we, we, when my dad was in the bathroom, we were getting the last few things before he left to go to work in San Jose, we would... We'd get in the back seat of the car and we'd cover down right there on, on the back, the floorboard. And, and so my dad, we'd sit right behind the driver's seat and we'd kind of pull the seat down. He couldn't see us and we'd sneak in there and we'd get with my dad. And when we'd be on the ultimate pass, we'd say, hey, dad, I'm going to work with you today. And we knew that my dad would not turn around and come back home. And we would, we would do certain things like that. And mom probably would scold us the next day, but we would. We'd find a way. And then I remember another time we, we were there in, in, in the, at the shop. He had a, a hair salon there. and He was cutting hair. and we would, we would sweep some of the hair and make some money. We'd get $5 tips. And back then that was a lot of money for a little guy just sweeping hair. And then after a while we'd get a little bit bored and say, I'm tired of sweeping hair and making you know change. Uh, I want to go to the bookstore. and we'd, Or the, there was a shop that's sitting right there. And we'd find our way to the bookstore and the the shopping center, and we would steal sometimes. We would find the, uh, the the fountains where the water comes out, and everybody's throwing their change, making little wishes. We would roll up our sleeves, roll up our pant legs, and we'd climb in there and get as much change as we could. And we would steal that money. That wasn't ours. That was the tooth fairies or whoever else they claimed that. But we would, we would, nobody taught us how to do that. We didn't read a book. We didn't uh, go attend a class, learn how to do that stuff. We did that all by ourselves. That's a sinful nature. Amen. That's a sinful nature that each one of us were born with that we have. It's that compulsion to sin. It's that enticement to sin. Um, we are driven by that sinful nature. Amen. We are driven by it. Amen. The law of God reveals what sin is though. Amen. As long as we were, uh, as long as we were, uh, you know, doing what we were doing, amen, we had a conscience, but we didn't know for a fact if that was right or wrong. That's why you always try to reason with your mom and dad. Well, well, you know, I was kind of trying to do this because I was going to give it to my brother and he needed a little, you know, we, we try and justify it. But there was nothing to definitively define what we were doing as sin. And that is why, amen, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 7 and 7. I had not known sin, but by the law. Amen. It was the law. It was the word of God 
that defined sin, that said that stealing, what you're doing is wrong. Amen. Lying is wrong. It's a sin to do those things. That is contrary to the nature of God. Contrary to the, to the law of God. Amen. We were sinning and doing what we wanted to do. Amen. For Romans 7 and 7 continues. I had not known lust except the law had said thou shalt not covet. Amen. It's in the word of God that we get foundation for our choices in life. And we know how we are to live life. And we understand, yeah, you should not lie. You should not cheat because that is contrary to the word of God. And furthermore, there's consequences to to sinning the way you're sinning. Amen. It will cause, it will eventually bring about death in your life. And it will bring about destruction in your life. Amen. The young boy like me and my brothers the young boys like me and my brothers at that tender age, if we had never had nobody to tell us and to teach us that sin, stop sinning. Stop doing that which is sinful in the eyes of God. Amen. The, that sin would eventually progress and that sin would become something greater and it would eventually probably lead to stealing cars and automobiles and stealing money from the bank and doing on down the road. It's just, it continues to build upon itself. Amen. But it must be checked by the word of God. Amen. Our sinful nature must be checked by the word of God and say that is still sin and that will lead you to death and to destruction. Amen. I want to please my maker tonight. I want to do that which is right in the sight of God. When nobody's watching and when everybody's watching, I want to please him. Hallelujah. It led the writer of Romans to write in Romans 7 and 24. He reached a point, like many of us, no doubt, when we were trying to live for God. I'm trying to live for God, but it's so hard. I keep messing up. I keep picking up that pack of cigarettes. I keep picking up that whiskey bottle. I keep finding a joint. I keep hanging out. I keep cussing. I keep doing this and whatever your sin was. I keep going back to that. In Romans 7 and 24, amen, the writer says, Oh, wretched man that I am. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Amen. In frustration, the writer of Romans said, oh, I'm just a sinful man. Who is going to deliver me? I've tried it all by myself and I cannot overcome this sinful nature. Amen. As long as you're trying to live for God all by yourself, you're never going to make it. Amen. As long as you're trying to do it, amen, with sheer willpower, you're never going to make it. That is not sufficient. That is not sufficient to live it for God. You cannot do it by yourself, honey. Amen. does not matter how many good intentions you have in life. You cannot make it by yourself. Amen. You need Him. I need Him. We need Savior. We need God to help us to overcome this sinful nature. That's why every day I've got to find my way to my knees in prayer. And I've got to say, God, you've got to help me. This sinful nature wants to take me down. It will destroy me and my life, my family, my marriage, my mind. My future, everything, everything. Amen. There's people like I'm thinking about, amen, that in times past, amen, they were living for God. 
Everything was going good. They had a good family, a good job, a good, a good car, good house, and on down the line. And sin entered into their life. And that sin destroyed everything. It will take everything. Amen. Sin is not something you want to play with tonight. Amen. Somebody said sin will take you further than you wanted to go. Keep you longer than you wanted to stay. And cost you more than you wanted to pay. That's what sin will do in your life. Amen. The wages of sin is still death. Amen. You cannot overcome sin on your own. Amen. So the writer Amen. Says, O wretched man that I am, who is who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. But with the flesh, the law of sin. Amen. With, with the mind, we serve the law of God. And with the flesh, the law of sin. The law of God cannot eradicate sin, however. And the mind is not powerful enough to do that. We cannot live a holy life by simple good intentions or by the law alone. Amen. It's not by the law alone and it's not by your good intentions that you live holy unto God. But you must have the power of His Spirit. Amen. That's why we preach so much and we teach so much about the necessity for the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And without His Spirit, ye are none of His. Amen. The Bible still says, Amen. Without His Spirit, ye are none of His. Amen. You cannot make it on your own. Amen. But you need the Spirit of God resident in your life on a daily basis. Amen. You look at the life of an individual who daily gets in God's presence, who's daily talking in tongues, who's daily reading the Bible, and you'll see the life of a, Amen. You'll see the life of an overcomer. You'll see the life of a joyful, victorious person, not one that's constantly falling into sin because they're doing it by the Spirit of God, by His Spirit. Hallelujah. We do have a sinful nature that we can and we must subdue. Verse number 25 uh, that we just read, the writer immediately makes us aware of whom the deliverer is. We cannot deliver ourselves. We cannot deliver ourselves. But the deliverer is Jesus Christ. Others cannot deliver us. Amen. A 12-step program won't deliver you. It must be Jesus and nothing less. It must be Jesus Christ and nothing less. Neither the law nor sacrifice can deliver us. Jesus Christ is our only means of deliverance from the carnal man. Galatians 5 and 16, this I say, then walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that you would. Amen. The spirit and the flesh lust against each other. What does that mean? The spirit and the flesh lust against each other. It means that the flesh wants Spirit to be carnal. Amen. The flesh wants spirit to be carnal. And the spirit wants the flesh to be spiritual. Amen. There is that war that is taking place in our members, in our bodies. Amen. Where the spirit man inside of you is longing 
for the outward man to reflect the glory of God. And the, the flesh is longing for that inner man to become corrupt and to become a sinful again. Amen. There's that war. There's that constant battle that happens inside of each and every one of us. Amen. But uh, it says one person said the one that wins that war is the one that we feed the most. Amen. If the, if the divine nature is going to win out in a sister Gina Ha, it's going to be because she's given in to the Spirit of God and she's walking after the Spirit and she's getting in the Holy Ghost. Amen. But if we decide, amen, I'm going to walk in the flesh, I'm going to do my way, I'm going to do it my way. Amen. It's certain despair, it's certain defeat that lays in front of you. Hallelujah. Lusting means an eagerness after the flesh. To be under subjection to do right. Amen. The spirit wants the flesh to be spiritual. That is that that's that lusting is the eagerness after the flesh to be subjection, to be subjected to the spirit of God. Amen. And moving quickly through this tonight. Amen. The Christian, the child of God must not sin. Amen. We are preaching against sin. We're preaching about dealing with a sinful Nature, James 4 and 17, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. You say, well, the pastor hasn't named that one in my life, but I've got a conscience and my conscience says I shouldn't be doing that. That's sin. Your conscience condemns you. This scripture in James 4 and 17 covers all the rest that the Bible doesn't name. And we say, well, the Bible doesn't specifically condemn this as sin. But the Bible says, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. 1 John 2 and 1. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Amen. You say, well, I, I got a problem tonight. I've been sinning. Amen. There is an advocate, a, an attorney, a go-between that stands between you and the judgment uh, that is required of sin. Amen. There is an advocate that we have, and it's Jesus Christ. And that, again, we're going back. To him. Every time I'm going back to my knees and saying, God, help me to keep me from sin. But God, if I fall into sin, God, pull me out, God. Don't let me sink in that miry clay. God, if I mess up, God, if I stumble, God, God, don't let me stay in that sinful pit of despair, that hopeless pit, God. Pull me out, God. God, it's, it's still Jesus Christ, the righteous, the advocate that I have. Amen. It's going before the Lord saying, God, forgive me. God, help me. God, strengthen me. God, help me to make it. There is an advocate and that is the intercessor, the consoler. Amen. But still, this scripture does not give us an allowance to sin. The key word in the verse that we read in 1 John 2 and 1, the key word is if ye sin, not when. The writer is saying that it is possible to live above sin. It is possible to live 
a righteous life, a holy life. But if we sin, we, have, we do have an advocate who will intercede for us. Amen. A Christian will not inherit eternal life if sin is left unrepented. If sin is left unrepented. Amen. That's why we go to God in prayer. We're saying, God, search my heart. God, search me. Examine me. God, see if there be anything in me that's not pleasing before you, God, and, and wash it. God, forgive me. And we have that, that, that heart that says, God, search me. God, cleanse me. God, is there sin in my life? The Bible says, now let a man examine himself. That's in the word of God. Now let a man examine himself. God, I'm thinking about the way that I live my life. And God, in the course of my day, God, if there's something I've been doing that's not right before you, God, convict me of it, that I might do that which is pleasing in your sight. God, I want to live right. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. What men call weaknesses and faults, God calls it sin. We say, well, that's just a weakness of mine. It's just a little fault I've got. Amen. God doesn't view it that way. God views it as sin. And it will cause you to miss heaven's pearly gates. To worship God while the flesh controls us becomes a vain attempt to reach God. To worship God while the flesh controls us is vain. Amen. I want to worship him. Amen. With with clean hands and a pure heart like the psalmist said. With clean hands and a pure heart, God. Lord, those which have not defiled your name, your temple, God, I want to lift up holy hands to God. I want to be able to worship you, God, not having to have the guilt, the the shadow of sin over my life, but God, in the beauty of holiness. To worship God while the flesh controls us is a vain attempt. Amen. We live in the flesh and and must worship in the flesh so far as the vessel is concerned, but the contents that are poured out to God must be spiritual and not carnal. And the only way to pour out spiritual things is to be full of the Spirit and dead to carnality. We must put off the works of the flesh and put on the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. We must put off the works of the flesh and put on the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. We cannot allow the the works of the flesh, amen, to be the predominant force in our lives. And people look at our lives, they see lasciviousness, and they see covetousness, and they see lying, and they see fornication, and they see idolatry, and they see uh, partaking of another man's sins, and they see all these different things in our lives. That's the works of the flesh. Amen. But we cannot, uh, amen, we must put off the works of the flesh and put on the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. The fruits of the Spirit must be blooming in our lives. Amen. Amen. They must be, amen, on our branches. They must be visible in our lives. We must live what the Word says. We cannot say we love Him and then disobey Him. Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, Sets forth the premise that only he who believes obeys. And only he who obeys believes. Only he who believes obeys if you truly love him. If you love me, what? Keep my commandments. Jesus said those words. If you love me, 
keep my commandments. And as we close, some guidelines for overcoming sin quickly is one day at a time. Amen. It's simply one day at a time. Amen. Uh, There was a person in John chapter 5 and 14 that was told from that day forward to go and sin no more. Amen. The charge was given to that person that received their healing. Go forth and sin no more. Amen. Take the overcoming of sin one day at a time. Commit every moment of every minute, of every hour, of every day, of every week to live above sin. God, I'm going to commit my life to living above sin, God. God, I'm going to commit my life to living above the works of the flesh, God. And I want that there to be on, on the branches of my life the fruit of the Spirit, God, that, that indicate that I'm walking after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Hallelujah. We overcome sin one day at a time. Amen. And we also overcome sin through prayer. Amen. Romans 8, 26 through 27 talks about how the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. The strength of prayer comes through the fact that the flesh can access the power of the Spirit without which we will never overcome sin. Amen. It's through prayer. It's through getting on our face before God and saying, God, help me. I got a sin problem. And if we're all to be honest, amen, there's areas in our life where we struggle. And we say, God, you've got to help me. I, I don't want this to keep messing me up and tripping me up over and over again. I don't want this to steal my time where I dedicate more time to, to, to vain, selfish pleasures than I do to seeking God and seeking the face of God. I've got to, I've got to get a hold of God. Amen. The Bible says in Romans 8, 26 to 27, also that the spirit makes intercession. And that is an incredible resource that we have during intense prayer. The spirit itself begins to intercede on our behalf. Amen. That is why we've got to have prayer in our lives. And the word has to also be applied in our lives. Amen. Delight thyself in the law of the Lord. Amen. Delight means pleasure or things desired. Meditate on it day and night. Amen. Meditate. Study. Ponder, speak of it, speak of his word throughout your day. Let your conversation eventually go to talking about the things of God. Instead of talking about the latest sports game, the latest news article, the latest video game, the latest stock ticker symbol, but talking about the word of God. Meditate on his word. Put it in your heart. Put the word in your heart. That's how we deal with the sinful nature. We pray. We put his word in our heart. And we don't feed the flesh or even present opportunities to sin. Galatians 5 and 24. We could turn there briefly. Galatians 5 and 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. We must crucify the flesh with affections and lusts. Not only has the flesh been crucified, but also those things that cause the flesh to be sinful have to be crucified. Amen. We can't make opportunity for sin. If there's an error in our lives that every time it pops up, we sin. Every time this thing happens in our life, little things that just trigger us, we sin. We've got to guard against the flesh. We've got to guard against opportunities to sin. Amen. It's Philippians 4 and 8 that talks about whatsoever things are true, honest, just, a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Uh, And we've got to 
allow that scripture to get in our hearts, not to feed the flesh. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are good report. There be any virtue, there be any praise. Think on these things. And look at the actions of your day. Does the actions of my day line up with that scripture? Is what I'm listening, watching, hanging out with, whatever, is it true, honest, just, good report? Is there virtues or praise? And if not, I'll take you back to John, James 4 and 17. Him that knoweth to do good, doeth not, to him that is sin. A person who truly desires to live above sin will learn to think the right thoughts. And the last couple of things, develop some good habits. Romans chapter 6 uh, and, and verse 13 and 19 talk about yielding your members unto sin. Don't yield your members to sin. Yield them rather unto God. People that are busy working for the Lord, busy about the things of God, don't have time to sin. They don't have as much time as others to sin. Amen. If you stay busy about the work of God, about your relationship with God, with your family, amen, you're not going to find yourself struggling and falling into traps and the sin. Uh, the, the saying is old, dab, old, old habits die hard, but they die so much easier when they're replaced with good habits. You can't just take a, you can't just take a, a beer bottle from an alcoholic and expect him to not go back. You've got to Put a Bible in his hand. You've got to put the word of God in his heart. He's got to put prayer in, in the midst of his day. He's got to get a job. He's got to uh, engage in the, in the kingdom work and stay busy about the things of God. Uh, and you've got to replace some things. Amen. If there's areas of your life you're struggling with, amen, replace them with, with prayer. Replace them with coming to the church and seeking the face of God. Replace them with getting your Bible out. And then begin to study that you might teach a home Bible study. Replace it with knocking doors and inviting people to church. Replace it with getting a bus drive. Replace it with something of eternal value. Amen. That's how you kill a bad habit. And the final thing is understanding that overcoming sin is a matter of the heart and the spirit. Amen. Psalms 51 and 10 as we stand says create in me a clean heart. If we could all stand. Psalm 51 and 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. David referring to repentance. David was referring to repentance, which will make the heart clean. Create in me a clean heart. God, every day, God, I'm going to live a repentant life, God. Forgive me, God, of my, my sins. Forgive me, God, of my ways. Forgive me, God, of my transgressions, of my faults, my failures, my iniquities, my trans. Gracious God, forgive me, God, of, of trespassing the law of God. Forgive me, created me a clean heart, God. I want to be clean. I want to be pure, God. I want to be holy. I want to be acceptable in your sight. And it's not just, God, I repent, God. God, forgive me, but it's also renewing me a right spirit. He goes a step further and says, renew a right spirit in me, God. God, I know I got the Holy Ghost last Sunday, but God, it's Wednesday night. Renew it in me again. God, fill me up again. Let me be full of the Holy Ghost and not full of carnality. Not full of the world. Not full of the flesh and vain pursuits. But God, full of your spirit. Hallelujah. I think it would be fitting right now as we close. Amen. That we make our way to this front altar. Amen. Let's, let's make our way to the altar. Let's just have a time 
amen, of reaching out to God, amen. I know we do it every service, amen, but there's nothing like an altar call just coming before the Lord and saying, God, search my heart. God created me a clean heart, God. God, I want to begin to apply the word of God to my life. Amen. Why don't we reach out to God? Amen. In an altar, as they begin to lift up their voices, why don't we reach out to Him and say, God, help me to overcome a sinful nature that is that's down on the inside of me that wants to trip me up, that wants to send me to hell, that wants to mess my family up, mess my life up, God. Help me, God, to be clean. Amen. In one service, 
right here in Abundant Life Center. Amen. It's going to happen. But first, it's the people of God examining themselves. God, cleanse me. Search me, God. Wash me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The glory of the Lord will come down. Every time in the Old Testament, before the glory of God was coming down in the, in the tabernacle of the wilderness, God said, He told the people, search yourselves, cleanse your hearts, get rid of this, get rid of that. Amen. Take this off you, take that off your life, and rid yourself of this, because I'm fixing to move in your midst like you've never known before. And that's where the Shekinah glory of God would settle on the tabernacle, and God wants to move in abundant life center in your family, in my family, in 2018. God wants to do His greatest work in your life. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Can we reach out to God one last time before we're closed? And let's ask God, amen, to pour His Spirit out. Amen, like it was prophesied by the prophet Joel. God, I want you to pour out your Spirit, God, in our church. Lord, like the prophets of old prophesied about God. God, I want you to pour it out, God, right here in this city, right here in our church. God, let the glory of the Lord be sealed in this place like the tabernacle in the wilderness, God. Pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out, Lord. I think, amen, that God wants us on this Wednesday night to make some fresh commitments. Just some fresh commitments. Saying, God, I want to please you. God, I want to serve you. I want the glory of the Lord in my life, in my church, in my family, in my home. Amen. I want to I want to experience that Shekinah glory cloud in my family, in my church, in my home. I want to experience that. And throughout the course of the next several days, amen, find a place to pray. And search your heart and say, God, is there areas of my life that are not pleasing? God, am I allowing the sinful nature to rule my life? God, help me to deal with it. Help me, God, to deal with it through the Spirit of God. Amen. Because God is going to pour His Spirit out in this church. The glory of God is going to fall in this place. But it only comes, amen, through the Scriptures when the people cleanse themselves. When the people say, God, search my heart. God, anything in me that's contrary to Your Word, I want it out in my life. That I might know the pure presence of God. Amen. One more time, let's just love Him before we're closed and just dismiss this service. God, we thank You for Your Spirit. We thank You for Your power. We thank You for the Holy Ghost.